This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Great to be together tonight and uh, heading into the weekend. I hope you have a great weekend. In a few minutes, uh, we will cover a wonderful story about Richmond, Virginia, a friend of mine, and her stand, standing up and uh, fighting back. That'll be what you need to know. The window today, the window. Don't forget, it's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Go over to ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com. Sign up for the daily email. You won't regret it. It goes out at 5 a.m. Pacific time, 8 a.m. East Coast time. It gets in your inbox, tells you a few key things you need to know, plus the wink from the night before, and sets you on your course for the day. So uh, look forward to that. ProAmericaReport.com. Sign up there. In a few minutes, we'll talk with John Schlafly. He's in studio tonight. He will talk to us about his weekly column, and we'll touch base on um, with the news I'm going to talk about in a moment. And his column this week is about Herman Cain, great man, great successful American, uh, wonderful story, and he passed away about a week ago, uh, and uh, John and Andy Schlafly, the Schlafly Report, wrote about that. And we will also hear from David Horowitz, the great David Horowitz, a lengthy interview. I pre-recorded it. You'll enjoy it. Uh, he's extraordinary and uh, just quite a guy, an amazing writer now at this point. He's in his early 80s, and he keeps just pumping out a book or two every year, sometimes three. So we'll talk with David Horowitz. All right, but let me um, get to what you need to know today. And this is going to be a two-part. First of all, what you need to know is what you think and believe and feel and how you talk about it makes a difference to what happens. Now you say, oh, what does that mean? I mean, am I giving you the Norman Vincent Peale, you know, the power of positive thinking? Well, sort of. But I'm especially saying it when it comes to the economy. When it comes to how to overcome all this pandemic stuff, you know, we have to get our mind, I've told you before, around the positivity because it builds on things. So we had Dr. Fauci on an interview. He said the other day, um, we don't need to close down again. We don't need to shut down. We, we beat the problem of the bad uh, hospital rush. It's not going to need that. And then the next thing he said, they said, so that's good news. The media covered it like it was um, mixed news. But then the next thing he was asked about, I think earlier today, could have been late last night, he was asked um, about vaccines, and he said what's true. I've told you this before. Vaccines are very tough on coronavirus, which is what the Wuhan China virus is. And he said that. He said, you know, I'm not too optimistic. That's a scientist. On the other hand, we've never had a pandemic in modern medicine since maybe you know, 1917. So we're going to see what we can do. And I think that's what you should say is we've never turned the full force of world knowledge on the question of getting a vaccine. I'm, I'm more optimistic than that. You know, we've got uh, this week, uh, I noticed SpaceX, uh, Elon Musk gave his his all of his SpaceX employees a day off, I think. And, you know, they had such a successful run, about a month's worth of, of unbelievable private partnerships with the government to launch uh, uh, spaceships and all. We can do anything when we want to. So I'm more optimistic. But here's a big one. The news out today for the July jobs uh, report is that July created 1.8 million jobs. In the face of the pandemic, we had job creation. Now, we're coming from a really deep hole, no doubt about it. But the point is, we're coming out of it. And that's what Fauci was saying. That's what Trump's been saying. That's what everybody's been saying. And so the message to yourself should be, okay, we have to manage risks. We have to be aware of it. But we're coming out of it. What you need to know is when you understand what's happening, we're coming out of a hole, out of a downtime, out of the great pause. Well, it's going to get better and better every day. It's going to get better and better. Stop. Remember, I tell you, the Eagle Index. 
Eagle Ed Index, Eagle Ed's Index. Four things. Dow Jones Industrial Average, Wall Street up over 27,000. It's up close to where it was before the shutdown, before the great pause. Unemployment, high number, but headed the right direction, right? Going the right direction. Consumer confidence and small business confidence up, up, up. So all the indices are in the right direction, and we have to be understanding how important it is to celebrate that. Earlier today, the governor of New York, Andrew Cuomo, no big conservative, he did what President Trump's been saying, which is he said the schools will open in person in New York. Does it mean it's going to be perfect? No. Does it mean there's going to be sickness? Of course. But it means that that's the best move for us. If you go to the CDC's website, they tell you exactly how schools can go and, you know, how their recommendations from science. And that's totally possible. Is it easy? No. Is it simple? No. We're in a pandemic. But can we figure it out? Yeah, that's exactly what we do. That's exactly what Americans do. You listen to, you know, in a few minutes, listen to John Schlafly talk about Herman Cain's life. Listen to David Horowitz, a self-made guy out of nowhere. At the end of the program, I'll talk about uh, Helen Marie Taylor in Richmond, Virginia. Extraordinary success. We, Whenever we want to, we can do great things. And whenever we need to, we do it even better. So, you know, we're less than 90 days from an election. The polls are all flipping around. Trump is doing better, but it doesn't matter. What matters to me, I mean, it matters. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm not being silly. It does matter. But I'm saying in this context, what matters is getting our mindset around the positive message that we're going to get through this. We're going to figure things out. We're going to get some breaks. Maybe we figure out, I'll talk to John Schlafly, maybe we figure out how, how hydroxychloroquine and zinc and, erythro- and uh, erythromycin, how they work together as a prophylaxis or early on. Maybe we get some studies. So far, I haven't seen the studies that have disproven it. They disprove using it in the end of their life, which is what I think that makes sense. But when you're trying to do prophylaxis, maybe, but we'll get that, some other therapeutics, maybe a vaccine, maybe the uh, a virus will start to change, which is what President Trump means that a lot of times they just change and fade. Maybe we'll get some of that. But what we know now is we took the great pause. Whether you agreed with it or not, we did it. It's over. It's past. And it had the effect that we needed, which was not have our hospitals be broken. Now we have to do risk management on people that could get really sick and get ourselves back to work. That's what's going on. That's what you need to know. That's what you need to know today is it's time to get excited, positive, moving. And look, not there's still a lot of problems. Don't get me wrong. But the path is clear now. The path is squared out. You can see it. And we just got to keep charging out into it. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we will talk with uh, John Schlafly, the Schlafly Report, and then later on David Horowitz. And don't forget, ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com. Sign up there and get yourself uh, the Daily Wink in your inbox, 5 a.m. Pacific time, 8 a.m. East Coast time. We'll take a quick break. Be right back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. Hey, welcome, everybody. Sorry about that. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Thank you to our great uh, technical director, director, Noah, for holding us up there. I had some trouble with my unit to connect. Oh, here we are. So I got a very short wink. That was a replay from, I think, Friday night. And again, thank you to Noah for putting that together. So I got about a minute and a half, two minutes. First of all, tonight we have a great show. We will talk, of course, with our friend, Dr. Brett M. Decker, in a few moments, but also we'll visit again with Pastor Paula White, who has uh, really become, well, she's one of the people that President Trump listens to. We'll talk with her about uh, exactly what's going on with voters and, uh, and faith, faith community. She's a, a leader in the, uh, in the faith community. Uh, so very quickly, what you need to know, though, tonight, the real deal, not the replay from Friday, is this. It's time to play some football. 
Look, at this point, college football, even as we're getting ready to show, I'm watching and, uh, the different, the different uh, college football commissioners or conferences, the president of universities, they're getting scared. They're getting scared. They're getting worried. They're going to cancel the season, you see. And look, here's the deal. Figure out the risks. Take the steps to sort out what the issues are and then do risk management. We can play college football. Look, people need to get back to their lives. And, you know, we have to be smart about it. Everybody agrees. I don't think there's anybody that's saying we should play the regular football uh, season, you know, the, 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 the 12, 13 games that sometimes the college, big colleges play, play the eight or 10 or nine games, play inside only the conferences. All that's fine. But come on, man. I sound like Joe Biden. Come on, man. We just got to get back to it. And I, I look, I think I think there are two issues around schools that are really are going to capture the imagination of the American people. And one is sports. These kids want to get back to their lives. If you're a senior in high school, a senior, excuse me, a, a college, uh, a sports an athlete, you just want to get back to your life. And you deserve that. And what you need to know is we got to get back towards normal. It's not going to be normal, but towards normal. And the second issue right here is get the kids back into school. Get them back into school. You, you, I'm telling you right now, across America, people are getting madder and madder that we don't have serious school leadership, leadership at the schools, getting our kids back into school. What you need to know is that there is going to be someone who takes the wrath of this frustration and it's shaping up to be the school teachers unions, the teachers unions, the leadership in these places that's misleading our American people. And what you need to know is this fall is going to change a lot of people's minds on what they think about stuff. All right, I got to take a break. When we come back, uh, don't forget ProAmericaReport.com. We'll come back and talk about uh, talk to Pastor Paula White. Be right back. It's Ed Martin here in the Pro America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Pro America Report on the Answer San Diego. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. You know, uh, I started out there, and then again, thank you uh, for those of you listening live. A little glitch there at the beginning of the program. Thank you for wading through that. And um, I was, uh, as I were warming up and I was getting ready for the wink, what you need to know, I kept getting texts from folks. I've been getting texts for about two days uh, about back to school. And you know, one of the things that I would say is likely to happen is you, as as the students, not just the parents, as the students start to get um, an opinion on this and start to move on this, uh, it'll change behavior. So within a couple of hours uh, this afternoon, maybe earlier today, could have been the morning today, but over the course of the afternoon, too, uh, hundreds of players at colleges were uh, voicing their opinion. Uh, you know, we've been practicing, they wanted to play, and they were they're making it more, and you, you started to get a sort of a sense of what the young people wanted. It has an effect. 
right? It has an effect. And I think what you're going to see in the next couple of weeks, about four or five weeks as school gets back, is more and more young people are going to say, and this, in the, in the case I'm comparing right now, is college students who wanted to play sports, college athletes. You're also going to see high school kids and younger who are going to start expressing they want to go back to school. And it's going to have an impact. Now, here's some of the things you're not hearing uh, uh, that are interesting to think about. Just about two days ago, uh, the, um, uh, the, let's see, is it the Forbes, Forbes magazine published a short piece, 20% of Harvard's freshman class deferred enrolling. That 20% the students who were supposed to start at Harvard decided to defer for a year. Now, I think that Harvard must allow you to defer pretty easily. Some schools won't let you defer. You know, they don't save a spot for you the next year. I think Harvard must allow it. But here's the interesting question about that or thing to realize is uh, if you took the, 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 um, uh, that total number, which is 340 students, and you had them defer at almost any other school, the school would go almost go belly up because of the loss of the tuition data of a tuition data tuition payments so think about this if you're if you're at harvard and you're you're cruising along or any school and you have 20 percent of the students not show up it's going to dramatically change the way that you are uh the way that you are uh your 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 budget fits together and Harvard can withstand it because they have a literally they have a budget in the I mean, they have an endowment in the billions, billions with a B. And um, they can afford to uh, withstand that kind of uh, a decrease in tuition. But normal schools can. Normal schools can. There's a whole bunch of normal, you know, schools that don't have billions of dollars in endowments that are going to be impacted. So you got to watch that. All right. Let's go to our next guest, uh, Pastor Paula White. She is a very well-known um, minister. Uh, she's also a spiritual advisor to President Donald Trump. She's got a book that's called Something Greater, Finding Triumphs Over Trials. She hosts a television show, Paula White, today. If, if you haven't seen her uh, preaching and speaking, you, you know, you probably haven't been paying attention. And her website is paulawhite.org. You can learn a lot more there. Uh, welcome back to the program, Pastor White. How are you today? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, and I, I'm doing fine. I wanted to ask you, first of all, I, I asked a question earlier today to Roger Stone, actually, of all people. I asked Roger Stone, after all he's been through, is, does he worry about his physical safety? And mm. he said he did. He said he had to have a security guard and all. Today, the news at the White House was that just off of uh, off of the White House grounds, there was a shooting. I, the details are still a little bit unclear to me. But for a few minutes, the president was taken into another room. H how, Pastor White, you, you, you advise the president. It's got to be sort of... Um, uh, uh, disorienting to suddenly live your life. Maybe he was famous and all, but live your life now and have so many people be so negative and so uh, hurtful. And it's got to have an impact on, on somebody's uh, sort of heart and mind. And, and I wonder about how the president holds up uh, in, in that to that intense, you know, kind of uh, uh, hatred from people. You know, I, I honestly would say without the inner fortitude and his faith in God and being surrounded by people and just having uh, a back of steel almost, it's like God has given him this uh, strength that is, is very supernatural is the only way I know to describe it. Um, there are discouraging days, absolutely. He says to me all the time, please tell people, and he means this so sincerely, he'll say, please tell people, thank you um, for praying, thank you. He said I, how much he feels the prayers 
Um, and he just, he's not a quitter. He continues to go, but mm-hmm. absolutely, the disorientation of his wife, of his family, the price that they have paid uh, to serve this nation, to do what they do. Um, you could see when he came back, just the almost somberness of it all, uh, yet yeah. just a very matter of fact on um, what we're facing. And it is, it is un, it's unprecedented. We just came back from doing Evangelicals for Trump in Nevada. And we did everything absolutely right, everything. We were in a ballroom that sat over 1,600. We had um, under 800, less than 50%. We were all wearing masks, socially distanced, went through a sanitizer machine, but also took your temperature. And at 437, they get a, the, the governor, the mayor, the city attorney serve a letter to shut us down. The owner, who is just extremely strong, Don Ahern, who has Ahern Hotels, um, said we're going forth with this. Of course, we got legal on right away um, from everything, and they said it's your First Amendment right. And But it was so surreal because we hear things in California. I, of course, live in California. We pray for our brothers and sisters. But it, it happened. They came and immediately... Um, not only said we'll take your license to the hotel, and, and the letter's been made public now, but it says because we would disrupt the peace, we would disrupt the moral, the safety, and the health. And I'm thinking, are you kidding me? This is a city that so sadly let such craziness go on that, that one of our finest, our policemen were shot in the back of the head and is left paralyzed. And here are Christians that sing three worship songs, talk five minutes each on the importance of voting our faith and why that is so important. And then we prayed. And and literally, he said that we could not have more than 50, but we were in a hotel ballroom. Now, at the same time, I walked over to the Wynn. I walked to the Bellagio. John and I ate dinner at the S&M. The Wynn, they were 100% occupied at that uh, restaurant. We went in, saw people sitting at the crap tables, the uh, roulette tables, everything else just back-to-back, packed out in the casinos. I mean, not like Vegas would normally be, but still unbelievable. And they came and issued us a citation. We didn't know if we'd be arrested or not. They continued to come back. They, you know, say it's just a citation, $250. So the next day, OSHA shows up. Today, another agency showed up. They canceled this hotel's um, events. Now, three days earlier, they had had a political event. The mayor had an event with 250 people. So it's very real. This isn't something that I'm saying, oh, I heard about this. This was something I experienced. And you say, what are we fighting for? We are fighting that literally freedom is on the ballot. Literally, we're fighting for our right to worship, our right for First Amendment. And yeah, our Second Amendment right, look what, what's happening. And it is, um, it's insanity. It is, yeah, it's uh, it is, it's 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 daunting, and uh, we're talking with uh, a pastor, uh, uh, Paula White, and uh, Paula White Kane, I should say, uh, include your your uh, full name, and again, PaulaWhite.org is her website. Lots of resources there, and I want to make sure to uh, to give a shout out and, and remind our folks that uh, Pastor uh, Paula White Kane's book is called Something Greater: Find, Finding Triumph Over Trials. I want to switch gears a little bit and ask you a question: If you had the chance. And I know him a little bit. I don't know him more 
a little bit. I'd say I'm a friend of his and a friend of he and his wife. But General Flynn, you talk about a trial, literally a public trial, um, you know, in terms of what's happened to him and and how, you know, you every time you turn around, it seems like. The swamp is winning. And a lot of folks that believe in him keep seeing, you know, he's got another hearing tomorrow. And and Pastor White, you know, um, it feels a little bit like America, which used to honor the the equal justice for all. And the little guy can make it if you just plug along. Doesn't quite feel like that's that's uh, real anymore. I don't know. How do you how do you sort of counsel people to sort of not just keep your head up and keep going, but believe that the system can work again? Well, we we have to. We have no, um, I think, no alternative but to keep President Trump in for the next four years and recognize it is beyond a four-year election. It's literally a 37-year election that will put two more Supreme Court justices in at a minimum, because we know as these mm-hmm. things get litigated up, there is a lot of, it is a very deep swamp, and we know that they never expected President Trump to be in. They never expected the disruptor to come. Um, I personally believe that God is involved, and I I ask people to turn their um, hope and put it in their trust in the Lord. You know that Roger Stone had a a strong conversion with God, and and to uh, look to the hills from whence our help cometh from, and this is a time that we need to repent and pray and fast and seek God, but at the same time use our voice, not lose hope, and recognize that we can't just sit back and settle for a system. Dr. Carson said to me, Paula, we're fight. He said, this is no longer Democrat versus Republican or, or black versus white. They're real enemies and they're evil to America. And those are the same enemies that are very evil to God. And it's true. We recognize we are fighting something that is very wicked and that we have to stand up for righteousness and stand up for what is right. And if we can, we've changed 40% of that lower court, we have to continue as we litigate. And there's, there's, you know, there's many casualties in this. Um, many of us have, have been going through um, some of the most unrighteous, un, just wrongful uh, things that, that are extreme. When we look at uh, Biden, the, the, the scariest part of this is he is a Trojan horse for a very radical, radical left agenda. And um, I pray that people's eyes are open, that they're well-educated and well-informed because information brings transformation to know not only all the great policy that our president has made, but really what we are up fighting against. Uh, well, I have to say, uh, Pastor uh, Paula Kane White, thank you. I'm sorry we had a little glitch getting you on, and, and I do have to uh, run. But Pastor Paula White Kane, her website is paulawhite.org. I have to tell you, Pastor, that uh, while we're on the show, uh, one of our listeners is texting me saying, wow, um, her story uh, that she recounted just now about uh, the casino in, in Las Vegas is, uh, is is both inspirational and stunning. And so I think uh, so important that you're out there uh, making your voice known to so many people that, that kind of take a double look and say, oh, that's the that's the woman, the pastor who's advising this president, and, and here's your voice. So thank you for taking the time to be with us. Uh, we encourage you, and again, uh, encourage our listeners to uh, get your book, uh, and uh, it's called Something Greater, uh, and pa- Pastor Paula White Kane. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you. Be blessed. Good to talk to you again. Okay. Thank you. Thanks. We'll talk again soon. All right, we'll take a break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. The Pro-America Report with Ed Martin on The Answer San Diego.
Welcome back. Ed Martin here, Pro-America Report. Go to ProAmericaReport.com. Please just do me a favor. Sign up there for the Daily Wink. You, what you need to know, you get it in a bam, 5 a.m. in your, in your um, email box there. Get to what you need to know, usually a video, a couple of stories, all crystallized down. Start your day right. When you get to the water cooler, or if you don't go to the water cooler, when you get to your kitchen sink, if you happen to run into somebody there, you say, hey, this is what you need to know, and it's all solved out. And before you get to that, if you will, if you need to, you can always check in with Dr. Brett M. Decker. Dr. Decker is a New York Times bestselling author. He's author of numerous books, uh, international books, uh, um, political books, business books. He was a journalist with the Wall Street Journal Asia, lived over in Hong Kong, and also was the editorial page editor of the Washington Times, currently is on the board of advisors for the editorial page of the USA Today and a professor at Defiance College in Ohio. Welcome back, Dr. Decker. How are you, sir? Boy, well, they're about to cancel Big Ten and Pac-12 football. So uh, if you're looking for, you know, if people didn't think COVID was a reason to go to war with China, canceling football probably is. <laughs> well, what I, I, and I, I, if we thought, yeah. <laughs> go, no, go, go, go. If, if we thought people were rioting over the summer because they were locked up, what are people going to do in fall without football? I mean, I, I might join well, and, and start I, looting. <laughs> And and the funny thing about this is you and I were texting about topics I wanted to talk to you about on the show. I want to talk to you about Kamala Harris and Susan Rice in China. And you didn't know this. I was I'm being serious. I was going to ask you the same question because you're based in Ohio now, where you, where Defiance Colleges grew up a lot of your life, not all of it, although in Michigan. And and so I, I agree completely. And I think. You, you're seeing tens. It's not quite hundreds yet, but 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 lots of football players, athletes, young you know student athletes saying or athletes saying we want to play, right? We want to play, and people just want to get back to that normal, right? And the question I have here for you, Doctor Decker, is is the big are the Big Ten university presidents. Are they afraid of, of of what's coming? Are they naive and and listening to I don't know what you know Fauci alarmism? What is this that that you think we're at the point where they're doing this? I don't see why they have to do it. What's your thoughts on it? Well, you do have like I know one thing, Mich- like Michigan and Michigan State, both of their presidents are medical doctors, so they're going to be paying extra attention. To this kind of thing, I guess out of the 14 10 teams in the Big Ten, 12 voted uh, to stop to, yeah. to cancel football. Um, yeah. That's a pretty big number, especially considering they're one of the top revenue leagues as far as what what the kind of money they're going to lose. So, you know, a lot of the executives are are trying to do. They don't want to lose hundreds of millions of dollars each. You know, they, they have the biggest TV contract I think in the country, the Big Ten. So, so as a league, so. I, yeah. I, you know, where fear leaves and people trying to do the right thing takes off, I don't know where that line is. I don't know if any of us know where that line is, right? It, like, there's so much we don't know. And uh, these presidents are dealing with a lot of the of, of universities, dealing with the, a lot of the same information or lack of information we are. So it's kind of like gut reaction, I think. 
Well, I have to tell you, though, I've never seen anything, and I have been predicting this for about four weeks. I've never seen anything like what I think is coming in terms of the frustration of the American people at this part of what's happened, meaning schools being uh, disrupted. You know, I just told the listeners, 20% of Harvard deferred their freshman year. They're not coming, which means they're not paying tuition yeah. or using their college loans to pay tuition. You do you take 20% out of a of school that doesn't have a $50 billion endowment, which is what Harvard has, and the school's bankrupt, right? So you're going to have school Schools going under. You're going to have families uh, dealing, you know, with high school students home for distance learning. You're going to have all kinds of problems. We're headed into what I think will be tumultuous. And you throw on top of that that they can't figure out. And 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 let me say it a little bit more crassly. It's a couple hundred million dollar proposition. The Big Ten can't figure out how to get eight games of football scheduled on these campuses. They, they almost always have their own dormitories, their own training facilities. They're living in a bubble. And I hate to praise him because he's liberal on some of the issues I care about. But Father Jenkins out of Notre Dame, they're all back. They're on campus. They're contact tracing the kids on campus. If you want to be back, they're going to they're going to sort of make sure, you know, it's South Bend, Indiana, right? It's not exactly, uh, you know, Midtown Manhattan or or, uh, you know, uh, uh, Chestnut Hill in Boston, uh, whatever. But they're doing it. And I think people are going to be uh, be sort of frustrated in a bigger way than anybody sees coming. And the best thing I can say is Chuck Schumer came went away for the weekend, came back uh, earlier today and said, uh, yeah, we got to open the schools up. Well, we, we can't do this. They're seeing the polling. They're seeing what's happening. I, it's a, it's a, it's not a sleeper issue. It's a monster issue right now. Yeah. One, you know, one of the things I do on the side, uh, to, just to keep busy is, you know, I take theology classes at Notre Dame and they FedEx the COVID test to my house. And, in a oh, really? package to send it back. Yeah, so they're super on top of this. And Father Jenkins, every day, is sending out updates from his own email address and saying email him and things like that. So they're really, they're really, really hands-on there. And, of course, of course, they have a ton of money, too, like you pointed out. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, right. Yeah, yeah, A lot that's of right. schools aren't, ha- aren't handling it well, though, even with all their money, you know. So uh, I think Notre Dame is kind of a leader in how they're handling this. Um, well, and there's two, and there's I mean, two, yeah, and there's two problems. Schools do we have? Yeah. Yeah, but then there's two problems. With some of these bigger schools, you know, meaning a, a state school or school, you just get too many students. It's too hard to manage. So, you know, if you're, if you're, for example, let's go Fairfax County uh, uh, Public Schools. We're talking K through 12. You know, it's 160,000 students. The places are jammed and all. You know, it's a bigger problem to manage. But hey, I don't want to. I don't want to. I want to get to some other things before we're talking to Dr. Brett M. Decker. Um, a quick assessment: Is it really possible? that Joe Biden is close even to considering Susan Rice for VP. I mean, we have not had a, a VP named by a major party who was a bureaucrat, who had never run for office, who was, you know, not any kind of politician. I think since Sergeant Shriver, and the only reason Sergeant Shriver was named, uh, replacing Eagleton, who was knocked off the ticket for having had uh, having had his brains uh, goose to try to straighten him out, and that only reason Sergeant Shriver was because he was a Kennedy. He he was a Kennedy. That was the point. But are they really going to consider Susan Rice, or is this uh, is this just uh, floating uh, silly names? I, I, you know, the thing is, she's more serious of a person. If you put her, especially since Joe can't complete a sentence, you know, she she does no policy more than most of the the people that are being considered. I think the problem is though is boy, that, her and her husband they're known as being the biggest shake up artist, shakedown artist. Um, in Washington, Susan Rice's net value, especially as people are burning down America 
uh, because they're unemployed and they're unhappy and everything like that. Uh, Susan Rice is worth over $50 million. And if you talk about the swamp and pay for play in the shakedown game in D.C., in this five-year period starting in 2012 when she was working for President Obama, she doubled her net worth from like $20 million to $50 million, more than doubled. Well, how, I mean, I guess when you know the press isn't going to look into your your secrets, you, you're, not, you're not worried about that. But I think all the shadiness of, of the Susan Rice financial dealings and her husband's financial dealings, it, it might raise a lot of eyebrows. So, it, you know, that might be a distraction because they're going go to go to Kamala Harris, Kam, Kamala Harris maybe. I'm not right. sure. But then she has her yeah. money things, too. They have, they have $6 million in houses. Harrison or husband. Yeah, no, it's a. I, I think. Uh, well, I think it's a, he boxed himself in having to pick an African American woman. All right, I got to go on to one more thing because I know you lived in Hong Kong. The news out of Hong Kong today was a seventy-one-year-old uh, Jimmy Lai. Is that how you say it? L A I. Uh, Jimmy Lai, uh, a business tycoon, arrested. He had been a reputation for supporting uh, the the dissident uh, conservative Catholic Church in China in the in the regime in the mainland China. Is this just a, another step in the market? March to uh, sort of stomp out Hong Kong, and we uh, we shouldn't be surprised, even if we're uh, you know disappointed or upset by it. It's just the way it's going, and it's the end of Hong Kong. I tell you, Jimmy Lai is a really good friend of mine, and this is, this is a really scary thing. He's also a convert convert to Catholicism, which is pretty interesting. And he's one of the largest. He was one of the largest importers of Bibles smuggled into China for years. He, he funneled smuggling mm-hmm. Bibles because obviously religion's illegal. So. This is a, he's a very prominent person. He owns opposition newspapers in town. So if not, you know, and they're talking about this whole new law, uh, anti-sedition law in China, it, the whole controversy is over. They can pick you up and sweep you into the mainland and you're never seen again. So, uh, yeah, Jimmy Lai, hopefully he's, hopefully he's not over in the mainland already. He, he's been so scared of China for decades that even though he's a billionaire, he only flies commercial because he's like, well, a, a private plane's too easy to take down. Um, they're huh. unlikely to wow. take down a commercial aircraft with 200 people just to get me. He told me that once. But um, wow. he's, been wait- he, he's surprised this hasn't happened. Uh, a few years ago when they passed another uh, new criminal political law, um, I was having dinner at his house, and he thought they were going to get him that weekend, and they didn't. That was, that was probably 10 years ago. So well, and, 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 he, and he lives there yeah. knowing this might happen. Well, and, and I guess my point is just to put a fine point on it. It's, it's not like it's likely to reverse and get more free, right? I mean, it looks like there's only one sort of trend line in Hong Kong now, and it's towards more repression. Uh, exactly. And, and China's not really worried about the consequences because they don't look at Hong Kong as being a Chinese city. They look at it as being a British right. one because the British control it for 150 years. So if businesses go away... What are they going to do? They're either going to go to Singapore, which is a loss, or likely, if it's to do business in China, they're going to go to Shanghai or another city, which means it's a net loss of zero. So uh, the Chinese don't care. And the Chinese look at the long game, not the short game. And that's where that's where they, they can beat a lot of people. Huh. All right. I got to run, unfortunately. Dr. Brett M. Decker, as always, thank you for the insight. We went all the way from Big Ten football through Susan Rice's investments and all the way over to Hong Kong and straighten them all out. Thank you, Dr. Decker. We'll talk again next week. I appreciate it very much. Uh, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. Ed Martin and the Pro-America Report. On The Answer San Diego. 
This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. No matter what the big tech giants of Silicon Valley say, America knows they have deep-rooted political bias against conservatives. The tech giants are not even restricting their bias to average Joes like you and me anymore. Now Twitter actively tries to make sure people don't see President Trump's tweets. As a monopoly service provider, Twitter should not be allowed to regulate the statements of a political candidate to the advantage of his opponent in a contested election. Decades ago, when the broadcast networks dominated politics, Congress passed a law to forbid network television from rejecting political ads based on their content. Another law established the Fairness Doctrine, which required broadcast television and radio to present both sides of controversial issues of public importance. Twitter, Google, Facebook, and other big tech companies enjoy monopoly power and immense wealth because of the regulatory advantages given to them by government. They do not pay the real costs of the traffic they attract, and they should not be picking sides in political discourse by placing derogatory labels on the postings of certain political candidates. Twitter gets its internet traffic without paying a dime for it. This free riding by Twitter and Google and Facebook, for that matter, enables them to punish viewpoints they disfavor. If Twitter had to pay its costs, as radio stations do, it would be begging for a content provider such as President Trump to post on its service to attract customers. Twitter would become more like talk radio, where robust competition to attract listeners results in less censorship, not more. Conservatives can't ignore the role social media plays in elections, but we can't count on it to carry the day for us either. Old-fashioned campaigning is still so powerful. Now is the time for all citizens who care to volunteer for a good campaign. Stuff envelopes, make phone calls, pass out flyers. Grassroots volunteers are a powerful part of any political success. With big tech working against us, we need all hands on deck if we're going to save America. Find a good candidate and volunteer today. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report with Ed Martin, president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. For 50 years, Mrs. Schlafly promoted grassroots efforts to rally conservatives. Today, you can harness the power of social media by going to phyllisschlafly.com and sharing these commentaries with friends across the country. Get started at phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here at Pro America Report. Great to be with you. Don't forget ProAmericaReport.com. Any of these interviews you hear, Pastor Paula White Kane, Dr. Brett M. Decker, all available over at ProAmericaReport.com. We put them up in standalone segments. Go to at Eagle Ed Martin on Twitter. You can find it there. Uh, Ed Martin Live on Facebook. Or just ping me directly. I'll send you a link to it. Ed at edmartinlive.com. Ed at edmartinlive.com. Love, hear, love hearing from our listeners. Okay, let me wrap it up again. I, I, you know, I, I know I don't want to sound like a broken record a lot, but I do want to point out how crazy the media is. And, you know, just earlier we talked with Dr. Brent M. Decker. I predicted this. About two weeks ago I told you the stories are coming fast and furious about how even if you don't die from the China virus – because death rates are going down, which is good news. 
there is some uh, impact, right? You don't get totally better to- right away. So now the media is covering all those things. And one of the, the one of the um, you know the side effects after being sick, one of them is uh, heart damage, lung damage, and there that's one of the reasons that the Big Ten university presidents are citing when they talk about reasons to stop. I'm not saying that there's not real issues. What I am saying is they're scaring people and they're scaring them uh, bad, uh, and they're doing it on purpose because the media is there. And another example of this, by the way, is John Harris, who's one of the founders of Politico, wrote about four days ago a lengthy piece about how President Trump has the nuclear uh, codes and could blow up the world. And it's madness, madness, I say, to let him to continue to do that. And he uses as a hook, Harris does, that it's the 75th anniversary of Hiroshima and Nagasaki, the dropping of the bombs, to go on this kind of wild rant about President Trump somehow being able to start a nuclear war. It's nonsense, but it's aimed at one thing, fear. Fear. Make you and others fearful. And here's what you need to do. Don't fall for it. Don't let other people fall for it. Push back on it. That's the main thing. We'll talk more about that in the coming days. All right. Thank you, as always, to Noah, our great technical director. We had a little glitch at the beginning. My fault, not his. We got it solved, and he kept us on track. Thank you to Joanna for helping book our great guests, and thank you for listening. Don't forget, ProAmericaReport.com. Check it all out there. And TheAnswerSanDiego.com for all our shows. Andrea Kay's great show, mine, everything else there. We'll be back tomorrow night. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Talk to you then. <laughs> 